Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Product Marketing Life podcast, which is brought to you by Product Marketing Alliance. My name's Bryony Pierce, and I'm the content manager here at PMA. This week's podcast is sponsored by Product Marketing Core. Better, we know. PMMC is our very own product marketing certification program, and it covers the A to Z of product marketing essentials. With 11 modules, 68 chapters, 87 exam questions, 10 plus hours worth of learning, and official PMA certification, it's a course not to be missed. Head to pmmalliance.co forward slash pmmc for more info. In this episode of the show, we'll be chatting to Lauren Pope, full-time content marketing and editorial team lead at G2 and part-time TikTok influencer, about how she grew her personal TikTok profile to more than 40,000 followers and how product marketers can utilize the platform as part of their practice. Without further ado, welcome to the show, Lauren. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, no, it's great to have you on the show. Um, I guess, could we just kick off um, with a bit of a background into you um, and then your role with G2? Yeah, so uh, I'm a content marketing team lead at G2. Before I worked in SaaS and content, I worked in social media primarily for nonprofits. I've been doing content and social for about five years and just really enjoy the creativity that um, marketing provides me. And obviously, you'll hear more about how I've channeled that into some creative outlets with TikTok and stuff. But um, really excited to be here. Awesome. How would you describe your relationship um, with the product marketing team at G2? Um, as in, do you work quite closely? And like, what's that dynamic like? Yeah, so the marketing team at G2 is really large. I would say between all of the teams, we have about 50 people. And our product marketing team is three people, and they are just total rock stars. And so I think they actually won the PMA Award this last year from you guys. So um, my relationship with the product marketing team is uh, when they ask for something we deliver, (laughs) we've helped them, um, you know, create content on our Learn Hub to talk about things. We have a lot of exciting stuff in the works with them this year. Actually, I can't go into too much detail, but the marketing teams at G2 are all very connected. You know, brand and buzz, product, demand gen, content. We all work under Ryan Benici's leadership and our other team leaders to make sure the machine is running all in the same direction together. Yeah, I had um, a podcast with Yoni and the girls after they won that award. And oh, I yeah. <laughs> assumed you would, would have this kind of gigantic product marketing team. So I was kind of preparing to come on the pod with, like, I don't know, like a team of 15, 20, 25 product marketers. And it came on, it was just three people. I was like, wow, just the three of you do all of this. It was, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, they were great. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So I guess obviously the kind of focal point of today's pod is TikTok. Um, mm. So going back to kind of square one, how did your TikTok journey start? Yeah, so I have a very cool teenage sister, um, and I grew up with social media. You know, I'm only 28, so I remember when Facebook opened up to the general public. I remember Twitter launching, and so between that and my background in social media, when I started getting TikTok videos from my sister, I was like, oh, this is going to be huge. I could just tell. It felt a lot like Vine, which I know a lot of my older millennials remember, And so in October 2019, I decided to download TikTok and just figure out what it was all about, how it worked. Um, 
I wanted to be knowledgeable about it because social media is so integral to content. They kind of work hand in hand. And I wanted to make sure that I actually knew how the platform worked before I started talking about it on LinkedIn or Twitter or anything. And so I figured, hey, the best way to learn about it is to actually get in there and make some videos. And then my first video was just an afternoon with my friends out in Chicago and it got 400 likes in a couple hours. And I was like, okay, there's something here. So that's when I decided I'm just going to keep making videos and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then what kind of, is, there, is there a trend to the kind of stuff that you um, kind of post about on TikTok? Or? Yeah. So I just kind of post about things I enjoy. So um, I like crystals and candles and nature and um, cozy sweaters, just things that I find comforting and, um, you know, soothing i think that kind of content has actually gotten much more popular since quarantine started i've really noticed my videos getting a lot more attention um since everyone's been stuck at home and so i think that's kind of an interesting point but it's mostly just my day-to-day what like i guess you could call them mini vlogs kind of and then how like how much time do you need to invest obviously you're up to kind of over forty thousand followers now how much time would you say you invest kind of like per day, per week type of thing to kind of grow it to that scale? Yeah. So since October 2019, I have posted a video, at least one video every day. So I have over 400 videos. Um, it depends. Sometimes I'll be out on a walk and I'll see like a really beautiful tree or some flowers. And that takes about a minute and a half to just shoot a couple clips and throw it together. Other videos, like I've done some baking videos, and that takes, obviously, like, I've got to go to the grocery store. I've got to get my ingredients. I have to make sure my counter is clean so I don't have people in the comments being like, your counter's dirty, you know? So <laughs> some videos some videos take longer than others, but I like to batch my content. So I think usually once a week I set a, a couple hours aside. I have a note in my, uh, a note in my phone app, and I uh, write down my video ideas for the week. And then on like a Saturday, I'll set aside like two or three hours and I'll just shoot all of those videos and then save them to my drafts. And that way, like when I'm at work, I don't have to be, what's, what video am I doing today? I have like 10 in my drafts, so I can just kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then from your experience, what have you found to be the most effective tactics when you've been growing your TikTok profile? Uh, consistency is obviously the most important part of any growing any social media following like I said I've posted a video every day for seven months I think with TikTok specifically don't be afraid to look silly and don't be afraid to experiment I've been really surprised by which types of videos perform well Uh, my most liked video is a picture is a video of a candle that I bought and it has over a hundred thousand likes it's a little pyramid shaped candle it's like a rose gold and I just took a video of that and threw it up and went to bed. And then the next morning I woke up to about 5,000 new followers. And I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> um, whereas I've spent some videos, like I've spent hours filming it, getting everything together, and it gets like a couple hundred likes. So I think the big piece of advice, especially when you're very early on, is like find your niche, post every day. Don't be afraid to experiment and just pay attention to what people seem to be responding to, especially in those very early, early videos you make. I always find that's the way. The things that you don't expect to get results always work better. And an example of this on a much smaller scale. So earlier this week, like I'm by no means any sort of social media influencer like this period. 
But um, I got given the go-ahead the other day of Rich to um, recruit another copywriter for the team. So I did oh, nice. kind of silly gif on LinkedIn, like basically like I'm recruiting a copywriter. If you like, if you're interested or you know someone is interested, like just let me know. And they got me like 200 likes. And then there's times, other times on LinkedIn, I'll post something with the sole purpose of like, I want this to get likes and shares. And it's just literally like tumbleweed. And then when this one happened, I was like, wow. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so funny. I've tried to use LinkedIn before to start an industry discussion or, you know, get expert tips for a piece I'm writing because I'm in content, obviously. And it'll get like one or two comments and then like I'll throw something up on a Thursday and then I'll just get it like inundated with comments that I wasn't expecting. And I'm like, why can't you guys just comment on the stuff I need you to? Like, yeah, I'm sure good. that's every <laughs> content marketer and social media person's plight, though. <laughs> I feel your pain. Um, OK, then I guess on the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, so those are your most effective tactics. What have you found like your biggest learnings to be um, of your time on it? Kind of any mistakes that you've learned from type thing? Or? Yeah, um, I think one of the biggest mistakes I, I made early on was trying to create content in a vacuum, um, trying to create content without tapping into the community. People think TikTok is, a, you know, a bunch of teenagers dancing and doing lip sync video challenges but the truth is there are so many niches and subcultures on tiktok uh one of my favorites i recently found is there's a whole subsection of people who do roll who roller skate outside to, to really cool music and they like dance on roller skates and i found one video the other day and i was like that's cool and then the algorithm fed me like 30 more accounts like that and I was like oh my gosh there's just a whole community of roller skaters on here so (laughs) every day I'm finding new stuff and so I think the biggest mistake anyone can make is getting on there you go in with a plan you're you're rigid you don't want to change the plan you know because marketers we love to plan we spend months putting together a strategy so um, I think the biggest mistakes you can make is not being flexible and not tapping into the community that's already there a lot of my early success was found by following accounts that were making the content I wanted to make. They had the audience that I wanted to have and befriending them, you know, commenting on their videos, you know, being inspired by their content, asking them questions when I had it. You would be surprised how willing people are to help and how um, inviting the community is really. Mm-hmm. It sounds like I guess it's the same with any kind of social media platform. There's obviously a lot of parallels if you're using it personally. Um, all from a business perspective. So I yeah. guess someone, a product marketer, is listening to this right now and maybe thinking about kind of getting on TikTok for their company. How would you recommend or like what would, what should their plan of action be um, to apply your learnings to their kind of corporate slash business setup? Yeah, so I think in that case, what product marketers should do is try to find their ideal customer on TikTok. Um, TikTok is not just teenagers i think marketers have this misconception that it's an app for the young people and so they think well my my customers aren't on here my audience isn't on tiktok but you know gary v's on tiktok uh lebron james is on tiktok everyone's on tiktok especially after quarantine hit mm-hmm. i've seen cmos i've seen everybody uh i have local politicians in illinois who are on tiktok talking policy and so I think that product marketers need to get really creative with 
how they find the people that they want to reach. And they are on there. Uh, it's, you know, TikTok was the fastest growing social app in 2019. It's silly to assume that your audience is not there. Um, so I think that finding your ideal audience on TikTok and then thinking about what problems they have mm-hmm. and how your product can solve it and then making videos about that. And that works for both, you know, current customers. You could use, you could use your videos the same way you'd use a YouTube video, you know, make a quick 60 second video about here are five hacks you can use for our product. I bet you didn't know this, you know, use that as a sales touch point, send that to somebody, you know, DM them on Twitter and say, Hey, I don't know if you saw this, but here's a quick video that acts as a quick digestible piece of content that they can view. It's fun. It's different. It catches people's attention. And it also provides a way for people who are not current customers. You know, they see that video and think, wow, I'm having those problems. What can this product do for me? So I think it's it's an easy way to make short form content that can be helpful. And it's just creative and off the wall enough that I think it grabs attention. And we've seen product marketing really have a moment this last like year or so. I really think that it's trending to be like the next big thing. And so People are going to have to get scrappy. You know, everyone's done an ebook. Everyone does a webinar. What else are you bringing to the table? So I think as product marketing continues to like stand in the spotlight, product marketers are going to have to find creative kind of wacky ways to break through the noise. Mm-hmm. And then where do you see this kind of thing sitting in organizations? Would you say it's like for a product marketer to own or maybe a content team or a social team to own and then like a collaboration thing or like what's utopia for you when you think about that? Well, in my in my true utopia, all the, the marketing teams work in perfect harmony, but we're all very busy, obviously. So I think the best way to do it is to have someone manage the account like a social person and then have your product marketers come up with the ideas, tell you what is working, tell you what the product is about, what's coming up in the launch, and then kind of work cross-collaboratively to say, okay, well, the social media person knows that these trends are going on right now, and this video would actually go really well with this trend, and just kind of make it an organic partnership. I think, again, the same way I wouldn't create content in a vacuum for my personal TikTok, I don't think product marketers or social media managers should be creating content in a vacuum for their businesses. Yeah, for sure. And then what would you say are the main differences for kind of B2B versus B2C product marketers to consider kind of before embarking on this TikTok journey? Yeah. So, I mean, I won't lie. Some industries will be more inclined to do well on TikTok if you sell any sort of product. Mm -hmm. Um, That's obviously very easy. You know, like Fenty Beauty Mm -hmm. is really blowing TikTok up and it's because they can tap into influencers they have visible products they can show um, so that's obviously you know b2 b2c is probably going to be easier because they are selling a product that is tangible and can be purchased to the masses but b2b you know thought leadership is such a big thing right now and so i think for b2b it is more of a thought leadership play maybe more of a company culture play um, you know g2 is a software review site so i couldn't start a G2 TikTok and say like buy our product because it takes more than a 60 second video to really explain, you know, what buyer intent is and how G2 can fuel your content engine and all of this stuff. But um, 
but it doesn't mean it's impossible. I think you would just have to get creative with TikTok the same way that product marketers in B2B space are being creative with how they're pitching on LinkedIn, you know, how they're doing content, how they're doing outreach. So I think it's very similar to what B2B people are doing on any other social platform. It just has an added video element. Yeah, for sure. And then I guess you obviously spend a lot of time on TikTok. Have you seen like which companies are crushing it for you? Like which ones are you really enjoying? So I love Fenty Beauty. Um, and Dave Jorgensen at the Washington Post is doing a great job. He's one of those really unique examples of, you know, the Washington Post is a newspaper and he's not going on there telling breaking news stories. He's doing stuff more about company culture and, you know, what it's like to be a millennial working in an office. So I think that's a, an interesting account that everyone should follow because it kind of shows just the depth of what you can do under a company account. I think people think very rigidly when it comes to company social media. They think it still has to be, you know, branded and colored, right, and all this stuff. And, you know, Dave Jorgensen totally blew it out of the water. He's making off-the-wall video content that just happens to be coming from the Washington Post account. So I think if you are in e-commerce, you have to see what Fenty Beauty is doing. And if you are in B2B, you have to check out what Dave Jorgensen is doing at the Post. I think that's quite consistent as well, I guess, with other social platforms. Like from my experience, um, if I'm a content wall myself, like I've been quite heavily involved in social strategies. And from all my kind of in-house jobs, I found that those kind of company culture, more lighthearted ones, they are the ones that get the most engagement and most traction. And yes, it might not be kind of hard, like leads back to the site. But I guess in a sense, you know, that's what social sports, the engagement, getting your brand awareness out there. Um, so it's no different in some ways, I guess, to your Instagrams, your LinkedIn, your Facebook, your Twitters and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think certain social platforms lend themselves better to different types of content. Like LinkedIn is definitely something where you can push your product a little harder. You can be more professional. Twitter as well is somewhere you can be more product focused. And But, you know, I think it would be really cool to get a product marketing team on TikTok and just do a series of like, here's how we make the product. Like, here's the process. Here's what we go through to get this stuff ready for launch. I think people underestimate what videos people would watch. I would watch that. I would watch a product marketing team build their product from the ground up. I think it's fascinating. I've watched, you know, videos of people wrapping IT cables up and making them look all nice. I've watched people watering their plants. I think that there's a wide variety of content that people would watch. And I think people would be surprised by just what, can be successful on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And then I guess like sticking on the theme of success, like how do you measure your kind of personal TikTok success? And how would you recommend for businesses um, using TikTok, how would they measure their return from it? So for my personal success, it's uh, video views and follower count and likes, because again, it's a personal account. So I'm doing it just to build an audience for businesses. I think that the success would be if your videos get in front of people. I did not spend a dime building my own personal TikTok following. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to pay for ads to be successful on TikTok. And so what makes it such a great opportunity is that it's a low risk, high reward situation, which product marketers love. Mm -hmm. So the success is that you try it and it works. You know, if you don't spend any of your own budget on it and you still manage to make it work, I would call that a success. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then just brand recognition. And like we talked about company culture, uh, not everything can be revenue driven. Most things are. And I think, I mean, we're all businesses, so they should be, but I think we can't underestimate the value of, you know, good, good PR, <laughs> good free PR. Yeah, for sure. And then, so you're obviously a TikTok influencer yourself. From your experience, how can companies best use TikTok influencers to get their brand out there? Like, do you get approached off companies to do that kind of thing for them? Or? Yeah, um, I've been approached by a couple companies and they've just slid into my DMs and said, hey, we've got this product. We have this candle. We have this thing that we think your followers would like to see and that you would like. And, you know, I have been an influencer on TikTok for only a couple of months, but um, just being sent a free product, I've used and reviewed all of them. And so I think what companies should do very early on is follow the people that they think they will want to send their product to eventually. Don't wait until you've built an audience to start looking for influencers. Make those connections very early on. Engage with their content. Be a familiar face to them. And then that way when, you know, you get a traction on your own account and you build a following and you slide into their DMs and you're like, hey, it's me. They know who you are and they know what your product is and they're more likely to accept. And then obviously with any influencer work, make sure it's relevant to what they're doing. Yeah, I remember it was in it a few months ago. I feel like um, it went viral. Is it Kim Kardashian promoting some sort of, um, I can't remember what it was now, some sort of like a laundry powder or something like that. But she was laying on a bed with like, all this laundry powder boxes around her. And it went viral because obviously that was like influencer marketing, but it was just so irrelevant. And all the comments on there were like, yeah, as if Kim Kardashian uses that. <laughs> right. Yeah. You need to make sure it's relevant. Like I had someone approach me uh, about promoting workout powder, like a pre-protein powder. And I was like, yeah, I haven't done a single push up on my TikTok. Account, so I'm not, I'm not going to do that, but thank you. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, just make sure that you're reaching out to the right people and um, reach out to more people, obviously, than you think you need to, because you'll have people who don't respond. You'll have people who flake. So uh, don't be discouraged and just be consistent. Yeah, that makes sense. OK, awesome. Well, that's all my questions for me. Do you have any kind of final few words of wisdom for anyone that's listening and new to TikTok? They're about to go off and kind of get creative with it. Um, any few words of wisdom? Yeah, if you've been waiting to get on TikTok, now is the time to do it. TikTok is happening whether or not you like it, whether or not you think it's stupid. And if you are not on TikTok and your competitors are, that's a huge area you're missing out. So I would say I would challenge everyone listening to this to try it for at least a week and see what happens. I think you would be very surprised um, the kind of organic reach and organic engagement TikTok has right now. It feels very much like Instagram when it first started, you know, before the brands really took over. Mm -hmm. So if you can be one of the first brands on TikTok to really do it right, um, that's unlimited potential right there. Yeah, I can speak my housemate. Honestly, she spends about two hours a night solidly just on TikTok. (laughs) 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 Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for giving up some time today and talking to us, Lauren. It's been really useful. Yeah, thank you so much again for having me. It's our pleasure. For everyone still tuned in, thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please help us spread the word to other product marketers. 
before we leave you to get on with your day. If you want to get involved, here are a few ways you can. If you're a product marketer and you want to come on the show and speak about your day, a specific topic or your role in general, that's one option. If you want to flex your podcast hosting skills, being a guest host is another. And finally, if you or your company want to sponsor an episode, there's a third. Thanks again and have a great morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are.